0: Hello and welcome to money tips this is charles kelly today i want to give you some urgent news and updates for all landlords and buy to let investors in the uk now we've heard already about the government's intention to uh, abolish section 21 no fault evictions and it was put forward as a you know a possible you know the consulting on it and that sort of thing so you might think well it's not really going to happen but the National Landlords Association, I was at one of their meetings the other day, said that the government really wants to push this through. And this has been further confirmed during a speech by Prime Minister Theresa May at, a, at the Housing 2019 conference on the 26th of June. Now, I'm taking this from landlordsadvice.co.uk and they, they've quoted the speech here and I think you'll be quite surprised by the tone of it. Now, the Prime Minister said... We are rebalancing the relationship between the tenant and landlord, making major changes that will have an immediate and lasting impact on the lives of millions of families. Sorry about that, Teresa. I had to do that little accent. Okay, I'll, I'll stop the accent now. Okay, and she said here, in the private sector, we've already capped the size of rent deposits. This is coming the, 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 from the 1st of June, the, the Right to Rent Act that I've talked about in another podcast. Look it up if you don't know it. They've capped the size of the deposits, and abolished letting fees. Okay, Cutting the amounts, now listen to this, cutting the amounts tenants have to find up front and making it, and I quote, harder for landlords and agents to take advantage of desperate house hunters. This is the mood I'm getting here from this speech. Do you hear that? Making it harder for landlords and agents to take advantage of desperate house hunters. Now, you, you might think some of these fees are unfair, but I think, you know, in order to get a reference on somebody and, and find out whether they're trustworthy or not, because we know that not all tenants are trustworthy and there's little a landlord can do when a tenant runs off without paying the rent. And they're the ones breaking the tenancy agreement. But I don't see the council, you know, coming down on them. Uh, so, you know, you can see where I'm coming from here. I, I'm a landlord and, you know, I, I find uh, some of these things coming out, they're, they're like, uh, you know, a, a series of punches that are coming like like in a boxing match you know first you had the you know the the upper to the belly which said that you know they're taking away tax relief take it under section 24 they're taking away tax relief and are phasing that out for landlords so in in any other business you have a business loan to buy something you get tax relief against the profits or the the turnover so they're taking that away then there's another punch around the kidneys there with taking away wear and tear allowance and now This is coming in. It's like a knee to the groin. This is this is not just boxing. This is all in wrestling and no rules cage fighting. This is a knee to the groin, and it's really going to hit landlords. So, and and you can see by the tone of it, taking making it harder for landlords to take advantage of desperate house hunters. And what about the good landlords and the good letting agents that do things up, you know, properly and above board, and you know people know what they're getting into. But that's not enough she says now we're going further because if you rent a property it will not be your house but it will be your home and that means if you pay rent and play by the rules and keep the house in good order your landlord should not be allowed to throw you out on a whim it is simply not fair it's simply not fair that the landlord could throw you out on a whim there you go So we are bringing an end to the practice of the so-called no-fault evictions and repealing section 21 of the 1988 Housing Act. Now that is pretty clear here. It's simply not fair. Now, why is it called an eviction? That's what I don't understand. If you've reached an end of a tenancy agreement, you say, I want to, to rent this house out to you for a year. And then at the end of that year, you know, that's the end of the contract. Why do you need an eviction notice or a no-fault eviction notice to to get your house back. It's your house or your apartment. And I've never understood this. And I I talk to a letting agent about it. And they they always make a point of serving a Section 21 because the the tenant might change their mind. And then then what do you do? You know, if you're expecting to get your house back, so you're moving back into it or you've got another person wants to rent it or you just want to sell it, you know, what would you do then if the tenant said, well, I can't find anything now. I've decided to stay on a bit longer. I've been to the council and they say you have to serve a Section 21 notice. So there. And believe me, I've seen this happen. And uh, so and I, I don't see why we need a reason. And, uh, you know, under, under previous, uh, you know, notices I've seen that they, they might bring in some form of, uh, you know, section 20 in, in replace in replacement for the section 21 they might say well landlords could get their house back if for certain reasons like you know they're going to move into it uh, but i don't see why we should have to give a reason for wanting uh, you know the house back when the tenancy agreement has already ended so watch out for that one and uh, a consultation on the changes will be published and you know with a view to introducing the legislation later this year. So why they're doing a consultation, I don't know. They're obviously not intending to listen to any of the, of the answers in the consultation. And if it's anything like consultations I've seen, they're pretty loaded questions. You know, give, making you tell them what they want to hear. In other words, so it looks like this is coming in. Obviously, Theresa May won't be Prime Minister in a, in about a month's time. But this is not just her. This is a department that, that's pushing this through and a minister. So I, I would expect to see this through. But to me, they haven't thought this through. They haven't really uh, fully thought this through and think, well, how is it? And I think about how it's going to work. Um, now, you know, I'll just read on here from the, the, the notices. Um, the government will now shortly launch a consultation on the pros, proposed repeal of Section 21 of the Housing Act 1988, in which landlords may have the opportunity to give their views to the government on this major proposed change. Uh, Now, they haven't really listened to landlords in the past. I think landlords are an easy prey. There's not much sympathy for landlords. You know, look at what's gone on in in the last couple of years. Plus, we've got a lot of local authorities bringing in blanket selective licensing. So, and the public generally are against landlords. They think landlords are causing homelessness, which I I know is not true. I mean, I saw figures from uh, my local authority and landlords was not the top reason why People become homeless, it's family breakups, it's all sorts of things, but it's, it's yeah, landlords are out there. But they call it landlord eviction, but it might not be an eviction as such, it's just somebody saying, Well, I want the house back. Where you have rent arrears and you have problems with a tenant, that's called a Section 8 eviction. And the National Landlords Association said that the average cost of uh, imposing those Section 8 uh, uh, evictions it is around 5000 pounds and can take 5 or 6 months so in that time the tenants probably not paying you so all of this is 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 not good news for for the private sector and you'd think that they didn't want us well in fact a, a, a previous housing minister told me just that he said we don't want mom and pop landlords we would rather have the corporates we want the corporates not the mom and pop landlords we want the big companies corporates and that's why the corporates can get Tax relief on, on a, a loan because they're borrowing it in the limited company name rather than uh, Mr. Mom and Pop landlord who, who gets it in his own name. And, and now the tax relief has been taken away. It's like pulling the rug from under their feet. And I, I really just don't understand this. Um, it's a conservative government. You think the conservative government would want to look after people like... Uh, investors buy to let investors that they're, they're going out there they're trying to create some wealth for themselves they're trying to create a pension for themselves rather than sort of relying on the state or benefits and it, it now seems that they're they're getting this knee in the groin and the and the, the punch in the pelvis and the and the, and the little dig round the back in the kidney so i i just don't understand it um you know it, it means now that if they if they just take away the section 21 Landlords would only be able to rely on grounds for repossession of their property set out in Schedule 2 of the 1988 Housing Act, which is commonly known as the Section 8 Eviction Procedure. Now, there's a quote here from Sasser Charles of the Landlords Advice UK, who said it will be this this will be draconian uh, legislation to repeal Section 21. Uh, landlords have already lost the security let out to let out their property in the private sector following much legislation which has been acted over the past four years uh, which has brought more red tape for landlords Uh, landlords need the security to let the property and that security is knowing that if they need uh, possession of the property they could obtain possession even if the tenant was not in breach of the terms of their tenancy and uh, I, I think what they've said here is landlords are paying the price for the government's endless failure to address the real cause of evictions in the private sector, which is rent arrears. And some of this has come about through uh, housing benefit, not being paid on time, etc. Uh, the current legislation needs to be reassessed and reformed. However, repealing Section 21 for the possession grounds is only a, is is not only a step further in the words of the Prime Minister rather than perhaps a step too far. So what, what we'd urge you to do if you're a landlord is, is go on, uh, look for this consultation. You can find it if, when it comes out on the, the website of the NLA. Um, because we, we don't want to go back to the the bad old days when, you know, in the, the 60s and 70s and the 50s, following, you know, the rachmanir of, of terrible landlords, the slum landlords, You know, the government went too far and gave people absolute security. And, you know, you had a situation where you you couldn't get rid of a tenant and the rent was fixed for life almost. And, you know, they were were called a sit-in tenant. And up until recently, you could still buy properties with a sit-in tenant in situ. So if you had this sit-in tenant uh, in in a house, say in, in Paddington, you know, the house would be sold at a substantial discount, maybe at auction. Because there's, there's a tenant in one room and and that, that, that is then not a vacant possession. And then the, the, the owners would then have to negotiate with, with the tenant to, to go, perhaps give them a lot of money or just wait until they die. And, you know, most of these sitting tenants have probably died off now. I don't think there's that many left because they, they, they would relate from, you know, way back. Um, and so we don't want to get into that situation. And of course, then property owners stopped renting out property. They said, well, you know, this is not, this is not good. Uh, we're not going to do this. And it was only when they started introducing new legislation and the assured short-haul tenancies and buy-to-let mortgages you know, in the, in the 90s that you know the, the market for this took off. So there, there are properties available. And, and if, you, if you get rid of all the small landlords, where are people going to go? The government have not built any uh, substantial amounts of, of social and council housing since, from what I can see, the 1970s. And they seem to, councils don't want to do it because they, I was in a council meeting and why don't you build more council houses? You can borrow money cheaply from, from government sources. You've got money sitting there. You've got uh, community infrastructure levy. You've got all sorts of things you could use and, and section 106 money to build council houses. They said, no, we don't want to do that because people might buy them in the future under a right to buy. What? You're, you're worried about housing somebody in a council house because somebody then might buy it. Well, to me, it seems that that person would still be in a house. They would still have somewhere to live and you've done your job as a council. But no, they, they still won't do it. I know what they're, they're saying is that they would then lose that house under the right to buy scheme. You know, But in reality, at, around the London area, it's unlikely that someone who would qualify to become a council tenant would have sufficient income to buy that council house when it's selling for five six hundred and seven hundred thousand pounds on 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 the market even with a discount because the discount is is capped anyway so even with a discount they would not be able to afford it in fact there was uh, news on on uh, released today that said that in in london that the amount of money a, a person would need to earn in london in order to buy a property is how much would you say 30 40 50, no eighty four thousand pounds and that's because to get a mortgage to buy the average house they would need that much income in order to borrow enough to to, to buy that house on a mortgage obviously they could buy cash but if they, if they need a mortgage we assume most people need a mortgage that they would need that much income okay so that's that that's my kind of rant about this i, I urge you to, to to get onto these consultations to lobby your mp and say look what the hell is going on you know you're you're clamping down your trampling on people that are entrepreneurial that go out and start businesses because buy to let is a business it's not just a hobby uh, and you know you're you're pulling the rug from under their feet and you, not only that but you're spoiling some people's plans for retirement you know the, the government's successive governments have already messed up the pension seems system so a lot of people thought well buy to let is something that is tangible something i can see something i can, can borrow to buy and, you know, they've worked out a plan of action over the years. And it's very wrong of the government to just change that midstream and say, no, that, that that's not what we're going to do now. We've changed our mind. We're, we're pulling that from you. So that's my rant on that. Now, I wanted to mention something else that's come up in the Financial Times. Um, and it, it's, it's saying here that the German house market has turned into what they call an Allinson Wonderland. The yield on a five-year bond issued by mortgage banks slid to minus... percent uh and comparing to a a level of five percent a decade decade ago this means that investors are essentially paying the privilege paying for the privilege of lending money to to you know europe's largest property sector Uh, and uh, and it seems to have turned logic on its head if that was not bizarre enough consider this in denmark some financial institutions are offering borrowers negative mortgages that pay interest Uh, and you think what (laughs) negative mortgages that pay you interest so you borrow money you you get a property and they pay you interest and I, I i don't get that um now you might think great you know low interest rates who cares you know but th- we did see this in japan a few years ago and it it, it put Jap- japan into a you know 20-year recession if you like and uh, there is uh now th- this is this is the point i wanted to make really one obvious reason to pay attention is that sinking bond yields And inverted yield, what they call an inverted yield curve, where short term bonds have a higher yield than long term bonds. Normally you'd expect to get a higher uh, rate on a long term than a short term. So when short term bonds have higher yields than a long term bond, this has previously been a good predictor of a recession coming. So that's why I, I wanted to mention that you know when we talk bonds and and gilts it's quite high finance but you know when you break it down to that uh when when the market's like that it 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 could lead to recession and this has been warned by other uh, financial commentators as well so watch out for that one um if you want to go and buy in Denmark, you might get a a negative interest mortgage um so so good luck to you on that so that's all for now um I, i I, i'm still angry about this section 21 and and the words of the the, the outgoing prime minister it, it just really sort of makes my blood boil but what can i do the best thing to do about it is to to write your mp and lobby okay so look you've heard a lot of negative news about the property market all the the new rules coming in the new regulations coming in i haven't even mentioned the landlord database that they want to create but uh, you know entrepreneurs and, and property investors are entrepreneurs, always have a way of bouncing back. They always have a way of adapting and it's like the survival of the fittest. They they will find a way around this or find something that works and they will adapt. And that's one of the reasons why I like to go to so many seminars, network meetings and courses to keep myself abreast of all the changes, to, to network with other people, see how they're taking taking care of things, you know, and obviously listen to the trainers and the strategies that they employ. And and that I found is always Keeps you on top of things, keeps you on your toes and keeps you going. And, you know, so I would say to you, like, is this the end of property investment? Well, of course not. It's not the end of property investment. You know, property investment, by the way, is not just about buy to let and becoming a landlord. You know, that's that's just one strategy out of many. You know, buy and rent out the property. That's just one particular strategy. There are dozens of other strategies from developments to conversions rent to rent, office conversions, lease purchase options and and, and things that don't require hardly any money down, don't require any major deposits, just almost no money down deals that you can do on lease lease purchase options or rent to rent. So, you know, you can, obviously these, I can't tell you all these strategies right now, you need to learn these strategies and you can do this by attending short courses where you'll get expert trainers, investors, as well as you know, get a chance to network with like-minded people. I mean, who knows? You could meet your next future business partner or your JV partner, your joint venture partner at one of these meetings, as does happen. So I'd like to give you some further details about these courses, such as the one-day introduction to property investing. If you've never started in, in the business at all, uh, you can drop me a line Charles at charleskelly.net, or you can click on one of the links below this message. And you know, I have a limited number of complimentary tickets uh, to attend some of the excellent courses run by experts. And these are people who've done it. They're not just uh, like a, a teacher in a college. You know, these are people who've actually walked the talk and done it. And and that's how they they get to to, to teach you how to do it as well. And people have found outstanding successes from these courses and really accelerated their progress far faster than they would have done trying to do it on their own or trying to sort of learn from books and that sort of thing. So I've got a limited number of tickets. Drop me a line. Some of the courses that are coming up in the next few months, few weeks, maybe. Multiple streams of income. That's where you you get a a, a three-day overview of of many, many strategies. There are beginner property secrets, which is a a one-day training. Deal packaging. This is where you know, you, you package up deals for other people. So you don't need money for that, do you? You find deals for people, you package them up, you sell them on at, at a fee. And people, are, some people just do that, you know, they don't buy anything. themselves; They just package deals for other people. And it's like a, a shop, isn't it? You're just selling on deals. So there's those sort of deals, service to accommodation discovery, rent to rent, no mount, no money down discovery days. So these are really fantastic courses so do do try and attend some of them some of them are free to start with some of them are very low cost to start with so just 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 let me know click on some of the links below and then you can see how you can either get started in the property business or accelerate your progress if you're already in the property business thanks very much